welcome to season 3 episode 8. Today I want to reflect on the importance of creating a happy culture. Welcome to Transforming Procurement Podcast with Lourdes Koss, the show dedicated to help procurement professionals in their transformation journey. Lourdes believes that procurement professionals have the potential to add great value by becoming the best version of themselves. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Transforming Procurement with Lourdes Koss. This is episode 8 of season 3. Total is episode 32, if you're counting. Lately, I've been busy recording some intros for the Live to Lead virtual event that I'm hosting along with uh, fellow uh, Maxwell Leadership Team members from around the world. If you've never experienced Live to Lead, you are missing out. I'm going to encourage you to right now check out the promo video. I'll put a link on my show notes. I'm so, so looking forward to this event. Live to Lead is a half day. It's leadership development experience designed to equip attendees with new perspectives, practical tools, and and you'll have some key takeaways. Generally, what happens there is attendees um, learn from really world-class leadership experts. This event will uh, leave you energized with renewed passion and commitment. One of the speakers this year is Patrick Lucioni. I have read um, many of his books over the years and implemented some of his strategies to help me develop high-performing teams. I might as well tell you um, maybe now uh, who are the other speakers uh, that will be sharing the stage with Dr. John C. Maxwell. Is uh, one of uh, another speaker is Dr. Eric Thomas, um, kind of they call him the hip hop uh, hip hop preacher, and um, it's a well uh, renowned speaker. Dr. Tim Elmore, he's a best selling author, has written uh, books with uh, John Maxwell, and is the founder of Growing Leaders. And then Doris Kern Goodwin, I'm excited to listen to what she has to say, a world-renowned presidential historian, a best-selling author, and a Harvard graduate. And she has a bunch of other credentials. And of course, Dr. John C. Maxwell. This is such a powerful group of speakers. This event is relevant to this topic today because like John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. I was reading an article of um, a study by the Gallup Group about happiness. Based on their research, happiness is an indicator of a nation's economic and social condition. I'll let you take that in for a moment. If you think about it, all of these things trickle down to at the organizational level in some way. Now think about it. Most organizations are focused on the bottom line, savings, budgets, 
and all the things that make up uh, sound financial policies. And, and that's important. I'm not negating the importance of that. But leaders have, over the years, paid less attention to whether citizens or members of an organization are happy. Some organizations survey employees about engagement, but is that truly effective? I always wonder about that. How many of, of you know, in that or in an organization, especially when there's uh, trust is lacking, employees, uh, are they answering those questions in a way that doesn't compromise their future in the organization? You know, think about that. If they don't trust that they can be truthful, are they really happy? And are they really engaged? I'm preparing for to, uh, to kind of obtain a license in some uh, of the content related to the idea that people find themselves in more stressful situations or perhaps burnout when they are doing duties that they find no enjoyment doing. Every job has something that you know, we would prefer not to do. But what proportion of your job is taken over by activities and duties that you rather not perform? As leaders, we have not really been trained to help people find enjoyment in what they do. Granted, some people are, are not in just, you know, just not in the right place. Uh, there are some people that they are in their organization until they find a more suitable job that aligns for more with their interests. But let me shift gears a little bit here. I want to talk about maybe three areas where we can make our contribution to happiness or making others happy. I was once in an organization where this individual had bounced around from division to division. And each job he had, they had not seen any progress. He had not seen any progress in his career. And his uh, supervisors were maybe a little frustrated with this person, he was a good person, but somehow his performance was not uh, what was expected. So, you know, he ended up in my, in my group. After a conversation with him, I put, I put him to perform a role that was critical to close completed contracts. In that role, his performance turned around dramatically. The role, uh, this, this particular role, allowed him to use his strengths, and it was like night and day. Sometimes we just have to get curious about why things are the way that they are, and simply ask. And really all it took was a conversation with him to find out his strengths and what he wanted to do, and then find the right spot for him. It is human nature that we don't really understand 
something or someone and we want to uh, jump into judgment. And judgment sometimes takes the best of us. And the thing is that we are comfortable judging others by our standards. But when we don't measure up to others' expectations um, or even our own, we have all kinds of excuses why we miss the mark. We tend to judge others by their actions, and we give ourselves a break because we judge ourselves by our intentions. So the next time that you feel tempted to judge others, I hope that you bring that thought to your highest level of awareness and decide if that is really serving you or the situation. Another area where I've heard plenty of judgment is amongst uh, generations. Think about the generational diversity. The same thing happens there. We have these generalizations about generations and their attitudes. We compare and contrast and highlight our differences and not in a very positive way. I always liked to have um, what I called a rainbow in my team. Generational, genders, preferences, race, etc. I think that uh, diversity makes the group richer and more sensitive to differences. It is really those, those differences that makes the group stronger because they challenge ideas. And it's okay to, to do so, to challenge each other's ideas as long as it's done in a respectful way. In a previous episode, I talked about happiness and success and the relationship between the two. This was from the emotional intelligence perspective. It warrants, I guess, at this point, a little bit of repetition, or maybe diving a little bit into it. If you've taken an emotional intelligence assessment as part of your leadership development training, one of the results was a well-being indicator. This is really measuring your level of happiness or how satisfied are you with the current situation? And I'm going to make a pause here to put a plug for NIGP. If you are looking to uh, develop in your leadership, NIGP is accepting applications for Leaders Edge that is starting um, pretty soon in a couple months. So don't miss out and make sure that if you're interested that you submit your application. Just so happens that yours truly is um, facilitating this, uh, um, this training. So I hope to see you there. So going back to my topic here of happiness. Um, so this indicator of emotional intelligence, that the well-being indicator, takes into consideration your score in the areas of self-regard, self-actualization, interpersonal relations, and optimism. All of these areas exist in a work environment, so they're relevant. First, happiness is a byproduct of believing in oneself and 
and living according to our own values and standards. High self-regard helps to promote positive feelings of confidence, positive feelings of you know, well-being, and just you know, really confidence in what you can do. The self-actualization has to do with the level of self-motivation and feelings of enriched life that drive personal achievements and overall happiness. After all, our lives, one aspect of our life is connected to the next. We can't just say, I'm going to leave my personal life outside the door when I go to work. We can say that, but really, that doesn't really happen. So if you're unhappy at work, it will affect your personal life, and vice versa. Interpersonal relations is another factor to measure happiness. Satisfying relationships are characterized by trust and compassion. I mean, think about trust. Uh, uh, Essential is at the center of leadership. Working in a culture that does not support relationships of trust impacts people's happiness. Not being able to trust others may cause people to behave out of fear, always covering their back. And then lastly on on that indicator is optimism or your level of stress. How do you handle stress? A high level of optimism may contribute to a person's happiness because they may deal with stress very differently from someone who sees the situation as hopeless. There are many ways in which we can influence how a person views them, view themselves. A person who is constantly being told that they are not doing a good job after enough repetition they will start believing that that's true. To not fall into that trap requires a great deal of self-awareness and self-confidence. There are people that are never happy with the product. And it is possible that they are so afraid of being criticized that they dish it out first and, and then reflect their insecurities on others. It's like being in a bad relationship. The person being emotionally abused by the other person uh, or you know, the person they trust will have, will have to do some, uh, some repair work at some point to kind of restore their self-confidence and self-worth. We hear about these types of cases all the time. And it really has nothing to do with the level of intelligence. I think it it is that it it has to do more with the emotional intensity of the experience and the frequency and even how the individual processes the situation because then you factor in the, the individual's personal experience and personality in how hard they take those emotional abuse, I'll call it emotional abuse. 
So before you know it, you start believing that you're not doing a good job or you're not good enough or the situation is hopeless. And you can't be happy under those circumstances. The good news is that people that have been in situations like that, they can't get back on track to live a successful life and happy life. But of course, it starts with awareness. You can't change what you don't know is not serving you. It's important to take a moment to reflect on the situation and list your options. We always have options, but sometimes we need someone else to make us aware of either the options or that, you know, the fact that we have the freedom to come up with the options ourselves. You know, this is something that I kind of learned very early in my career. I had a boss who, who told me, he would always tell me, if there's a problem, there is a solution. You just haven't found it. So I, you know, that was sort of um, imprinted in my brain. So now when I see a problem, I know there's a solution. I just have to find it. So the road to doing something different or removing yourself from the situation that, that particular situation that doesn't serve you may not be easy. But the option is always there. So now to close this episode, let me give you a couple of things to reflect on. I think this is something worth reflecting on. So on a personal level, the first question is, are you happy? What would make you happy if you're not happy? And what can you do right now to move towards that direction? On the organizational front, what habits should you start or reinforce to make the workplace a more pleasant place to be in? Now, remember, you can mark today as maybe the start of the rest of your life, right? <laughs> so how do you want, you know, how do you want it to go from here on? Okay, friends, that's all I have for this topic today. Remember to check out the show notes uh, for the Live to Lead uh, link. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Based on what I know of, of the speakers and their bios, I am so, so excited about Live to Lead. The topics that they are uh, going to talk about are very, very re uh, relevant to the conversations that we're having as procurement leaders. And I've heard uh, you know, some of these conversations with different people from around the, uh, the country. So I'll put the two uh, links on the show notes. One to purchase the tickets if you're ready and want to get a quick preview of the uh, event. Take this opportunity to grow in your leadership. Plus, there will be some very special offers uh, only available at the event. So take advantage of this. For those of you interested in your growth, I'm doing the retreat in Puerto Rico next May. So I'll share the link on the retreat very soon. I'm putting some finishing touches, so lots of exciting things. 
I'll also put the link of for my free leadership newsletter if you're interested. You know, you can always try it, and if you don't feel that it's adding value to you, you can you can um, unsubscribe. So for now, enjoy your day and be well, my friend. Until next time, add value, grow, and transform.